0: Well, we're back for another episode of a podcast that we've been doing for a little while on uh, the idea of bringing uh, our relationship with God into an everyday space, moving it from just what we do to to who we are, that the being with Him. But we don't just stop with the being with Him. It actually flows out or becomes evident. Sometimes we use the word uh, bears fruit in the relationships in our lives. So those closest to us, those that are neighbors, those that uh, are in our own communities, our own nations, or even around the world, the truth is that if we are with God, it's going to transform us. And yet oftentimes we limit him or we box him in or we compartmentalize them into just the the Sunday hour or maybe a Bible study we do or a small group or or just the devotions we do and and we want to make a move beyond that we want to have it be in the way that you are at work, at home, when you play, when you're uh, w- out with friends, or just when you're interacting, maybe even uh, on social media and those things. It, it should all display the fact is that we've been with Jesus. And this journey that we're on, we, we like to use that phrase journey because we're all on Kind of a journey there, maybe at different spots, uh, is not one that you uh, finally hit that end and you've uh, arrived at some mountaintop. It's not that you are uh, elevating yourselves greater than somebody else. It's just we're in this process, we're in this journey, we're learning it, we're growing, we're 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 maturing in it, and yet we are not going to have all the answers. We're not going to figure it all out. And so, um, if you're new to us, this is our podcast. I'm Pastor Dan Herzler. I'm the pastor at Refuge Church in Manor, PA, and uh, I've got two guys with me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And uh, both these guys are, are just uh, part of our church here, and uh, we're just trying to have these regular conversations. And we started last week kind of looking at some of our favorite parables uh, and just kind of sharing why they are, but also how that can actually impact our actual everyday life. And as we shared last week, parables are great tools because they take something that's common uh, in that time and age and, and, and puts a, a greater truth to, to who God is and, and reveals something about the God that, that we talk about or the God that we serve. And so they're a great place for very uh, common, but yet practical truths about Jesus. And so uh, this week, uh, Ryan's going to share a, a parable that's had a great impact on him.
1: So the parable of the sower, you know, it's probably one that we've heard so many times since we were, you know, young, if we grew up in the church. And that was kind of, you know, my story and just sort of brushed it off as, you know, oh yeah, I get it. You know, <laughs> the seed falls and, you know, and depending on the soil, you know, it grows or it doesn't. But just recently, you know, I'd say probably in the last few months, I've I've felt just like I don't know, maybe it's new revelation or just personally, you know, just to me, it's, it's been more, you know, significant and, you know, just briefly to summarize, you know, what the the parable is, is, you know, a, a sower goes out with seed, you know, like he's planting a, you know, crop and he throws the seed, you know, he sows it and some of it falls on the path and birds come along, they snatch it up, it's gone. Then he sows to the, to the rocky ground You know, it shoots up right away, but then the sun causes it to wither, And then, you know, one among the thorns and the thorns overtake it. And then finally, the last one is the good soil. So there's really, there's these four instances that Jesus describes. And then in Matthew 13, he, he explains what it means. And so I'm going to read in Matthew 13, starting in verse 18. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was grown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And, and, and to me it just was so fascinating because... When you see Jesus and he's describe, like he gives you three instances where it doesn't work out and only one that it does, you know, good soil, and then he describes all these different instances. And, you know, Jesus obviously wouldn't be speaking this if it wasn't true, you know, and I think it really s- spoke to me of the supernatural work of the gospel, you know, and, and it falls on deaf ears all the time. You know, because Jesus said it was going to happen. Yeah. And and I think for me, it, it um, just kind of really opened up my eyes to see, like, you can be as ambitious as you want to be. But Jesus kind of right here says, you may preach the gospel, and probably not everyone who hears yeah. <laughs> is going to believe. Yeah. You know, because the reality is, is that there are these, you know, the soil is not always, you know... Good, you yeah. know, in the condition of the the heart, you know and and though I, I felt like at the same time, what too, I was really getting from this was, but that doesn't mean we should expect small things, mm. because the result was a hundredfold, sixty fold, thirty fold. Yeah. you know, but I think it was just putting into the healthy perspective of, you know, as Paul says, you know i I watered. Uh, or I planted Apollos water, but God causes the growth, yeah. you know? And for me, it was just really recognizing that what, what part we play in this whole process is never the grower. Like we are not the yeah. miracle grow, you know, yeah. we sow, but God has to, to cause the the growth, you know? And I think it just, for me, it really, you know, I think you step back and you can look at your life and, and really see like, I can look back And see now when I was younger, how many times the word was sown Mm. and it didn't take root because my heart was hard. And you think of like a hard ground and you throw seed on it, right? It has to be, you know, moist with water, the right conditions. And, And for me, I can look back and I can see all the times that, you know, whether the birds, you know, Satan came and, you know, stole the the word that may have been planted or just me with due to the hardness of my, my heart. And I read a book recently uh, about a guy named John Hyde. And, and it was so cool because it's connected with the parable because they would have these, you know, meetings, kind of what we would call a conference today, yeah. but he would gather people together and they would pray specifically for the soil of the hearts of the people mm. You know, not necessarily even for the person who was preaching, they would, but they would pray for the people. Mm. And then after the conference was over, they would gather and they would pray for them again, Mm. that the word wouldn't just, you know, it would remain, it would abide. You know, I think that to me just really opened my eyes up to for the people who I'm praying in my life that they would come to know Jesus, you know, just praying for the soil of their hearts mm. and that they would, that they would be, you know, their eyes would be opened, you know. And and, and I think it just puts things in perspective of yeah. how helpless we are to actually cause the growth. We yeah. we rely on God.
0: Oh, that's good. It's, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot that you can obviously... Glean from there. And when we hear these parables, we, we do have to rec- recognize again, it, it was uh, spoken in a first century culture mm-hmm. that would recognize kind of what was a normal yield hmm. of a harvest. And I think if my memory serves me, I think a tenfold was normal in that season. Yeah. And so when Jesus then would come and say 100, 60, 30, people would be like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. also wouldn't be thinking so much about how much was wasted hmm. because that's kind of our mindset, right? We're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, 75% of those seeds were yeah. wasted. Yeah. And we only kind of look at that. But Jesus is basically saying, no, no, you're missing the point here. He said, those that, that I call, those that come and those that hear his word, uh they're gonna produce a fruit they're gonna produce that yeah uh the other thing uh, is a good reminder too, because we've often have seen it um and we sometimes wonder and question you know well, you know I saw someone and they you know they came to know God and they were doing this and that, and then they they faded away or they mm. stopped this or they stopped that, and mm. that's part of the process you know and and we don't know whether or not, as you said Ryan there's times in your life where you can say, well, I know the seed didn't yeah. take root or it did for a, a flash and mm-hmm. then it it passed mm-hmm. away and and so we have to be reminded not so quickly to judge or not so quickly to to be discouraged because we don't know the journey that someone is on and and yet we know we should expect it we should mm-hmm. expect the fact that some people in some situations it it might look like growth but there's no fruit. There's no harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I started out uh, this podcast by saying that, that, you know, uh, we don't want to kind of mix up the order here. We don't want to be doing for Christ and proving for Christ and and saying that's the fruit when there's no being with Christ. But we also don't want to being with Christ just to be uh, just a, you know, quiet time, and then there's nothing that ever comes from it. Mm. Our time with God and our time with Christ should produce something. It's a, it's a great kind of little uh, test within our own lives to say, you know, have I seen more evidence of myself with Christ? Do I have the mind of Christ? Uh, th- those, are, those are good tests for us.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think, too, you know, it just, if we're really spending time with Christ— you know and he's really transforming our hearts he, sh- he we should be having more of his heart and his heart was compassion for the people yeah you know his heart he came alongside people you know, and and I think truly, genuinely, it should cause us to want to share the gospel. Yeah. You know, to want to share. Hey, this is life. You yeah. know, <laughs> this is what you need. And and I think so often. You know, for me, it's just the reminder of, it's not my words; it's his. Yeah. You know, if yeah. it's just my words, then it might be good advice or bad advice. Yeah. But if it's his words, this these are the words of eternal life. Yeah. And so it's just for me, it's like there is this supernatural power in the word of God that can take a man who's, uh, you know, running away from God, wants yeah. nothing to do with him. And in an instant, it can yeah. change him. Yeah. You know, it, it can open up his eyes and show him that, you know, he, he's he been loved this whole time. Yeah, and yeah. and And it's just, you know, it's just the reminder, though, of that. As right, the, the sower expects there to be a harvest. Yeah. We should have an expectation, not, you know, that every single time we share the gospel that right. someone's immediately going to come to know Jesus. But we should expect because it's God's word and not ours, that there should be fruit coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And, and to take it away from that sense that, you know, we are selling like oh, a, yeah. a salesman type yeah. thing of God. Like mm-hmm. I think I like the word presenting we're presenting yeah. who he is and we mm-hmm. can learn how to present that in a more contextual way, a more cultural way, but it's still presenting who he is mm-hmm. and letting,
2: like you say, keep saying the supernatural part of it.
0: Uh, Mike, what are some thoughts as you hear this parable?
2: Yeah. I think even in that it's, it's important to remember it's the, the parable of the sower, mm-hmm. right? The sower, um, may have done other things, in that field, but in this specific instance, we're told that they are a sower, and my guess is the sower didn't own the field. Um, and so, as the sower is scattering the seed, um, there is a level in that expectation of the fruit that's going to, you know, come forth. There is a level of trusting that, for as an oversimplification, trusting the farmer that actually owns the fields that they, whenever they're saying, "Go spread the seed over there." Right, go take what I've given to you and and to spread it, to to um, like to trust what it is that that they have that they have already prepared. And so, as we are listening to God, as we are listening to the Spirit and what He's telling us to do, whenever we're taking that to people, it's it's trusting Him and learning how to do that in different ways. But yeah. but trusting that whenever He's leading us down those roads to to do those things, and I I would even say too. That um, I think that there's moments, if I think about just very practically, whenever a plant doesn't work out, whenever it shoots up and then it mm-hmm. dies, if it dies and it stays there, it's, it can be, what's that word, composted? Mm-hmm. Right. And then more fertile ground is made. Yeah. And then if that seed is scattered again, it yeah. could die again. Yeah. But over time, eventually that ground becomes more and more and more fertile. And to just, again, just to trust the work of God, whenever he says to go and to do the thing, to just go and to do the thing. There's someone I really admire a lot who, um, just in the exploration of of the calling pastorally and all of that was, was talking to me, um, and some others and said, um, you are going to spend your life leading 40 people and 30 of them might reject you and you will Mm. have died a good death. Mm. Yeah. And to know that the responsibility is to be faithful to what God is calling me to do, not to be the one who is doing the reaping, not mm-hmm. to be the one who is actually making the seed do what it does, but to just plant the seed, mm-hmm. and to just be faithful to what God is putting in front of me that 's kind of where my mind goes a little bit as you're talking about it that's good too and and when you think even Jesus himself, um,
0: you know as he left this earth, he didn't have a massive following. Mm, Um, You know, there are different various uh, ideas of the percentage or the different people. But, you know, even if you just look at the disciples themselves, you know, how many others, um, you know, chose not to follow yet those disciples themselves, you see the book of Acts and you see what God does with his spirit. uh, And as the word went forth, you know, uh, more and more kept being added and added and added. And so you can even just see right there the, the harvest of it. And I think, you know, as as we kind of process this through and, and work through, okay, what, what, is, what does this look like? What does this mean? And, you know, we've hit on a few of these things. I, I think one of them, you know, is never discount the fact that who you're talking to might be mm. someone that God can use yeah. uh, or God is preparing for this moment. Um, you know, we can really quickly write off somebody because of, mm maybe their background or because of their conversations we've had or because of different reasons and, and well, they'll never do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's the exact person that God is going to use to, to, to do this, this harvest. And then, you know, um, as we present God and as we share the the truth of his word and his gospel, um, we do it in a way that is, yes, it's, it's loving and kind, but it's not unashamed and we're not bashful about it. Mm -hmm. We're not, trying to be God's PR team. Hmm. Sometimes I think we have to, well, we got to, we got to present God in this way that, that, that will be acceptable. And, um, again, I I say that to say, yeah, there's some things that culturally we want to do, but we don't ever want to change God Mm -hmm. because God is, 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 is enough. And his word is enough. And so his word will come back, uh, not void. And so we can trust in that. Um, Ryan, what are some practical things that, that you think through?
1: Yeah, I think there's just a couple things that, um, you know, one, I think personally, um, just to be able to reflect on yourself and, and, and to know, like, there's, you know, four instances, right, that are, are described, you know, and just to be able to look at yourself and say, you know, is my life producing fruit, you know is and then at that point though i would say further from just like a one one time thing of is my what's the quality of the soil of my heart today mm. am i ready to receive the word of god am i ready to receive what he has for me today or have i kind of shut him off is my heart hard am i am i lacking in desire you know do i you know and, and i think it's just really I think causes us to pause and really take a moment of what's my heart like today? Yeah. Am I ready to receive? And I think in that moment, here's the great news. (laughs) You can stop and ask Jesus to help make your heart soft, you know, and you can come to his word, believing that his word is actually living water for you today. That will soften your heart. You know, and then I think from that place, because I heard this said recently, you know, it's been said probably millions of times, but you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is your heart has to be cultivated before you can truly genuinely share, right, the heart of the gospel with someone else. You know, whether that's someone in your family, someone, you know, at work, wherever. And then two, you know, I would say, don't write off the power of prayer for someone, you know, praying for just like John Hyde, you know, and they, they would, you know, pray for people, you know, before you have a meeting with someone, if you think it's going to be a difficult meeting, it doesn't even have to be related to sharing the gospel, but praying, you know, yeah. before just things in life. And then, you know, praying during praying after, but really believing that God is the one who softens hearts, yeah. who causes the growth and he's br- he wants you to partner with him in this. That's amazing. Like he wants to he wants to resurrect people from the dead and he wants you to be a part of it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, just be encouraged to really look at yourself and kind of have that self-check today. Yeah. What's my heart like? Am I am I feeling attracted or drawn to Jesus? you know, and, and then from that place, begin to trust that God is calling you to, to go while you're going yeah. to, to be the light, you know, and to share who he is and present him unashamed. Yeah. And, and I pray this, you know, myself is Lord, help me not to be ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. Cause I know in my own strength I will cower, you yeah. know, I'm, I won't be the courageous one who, you know, does whatever, you know? And so that prayer has been a huge help in my life because it takes it away from my performance yep. and lets it be, okay, God, it's your Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's your glory, you know, do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, as, as three guys that uh, oftentimes get a chance to preach, um, man, we would love it if you come to church with that prayer because <laughs> yeah. we are not uh, going to have our A game every time. We're not yeah. going to uh, make mm-hmm. contact with the ball. <laughs> Sometimes we strike out uh, as preachers, um, and that's just, that's just reality. Uh, but if you come with that openness of saying, Lord... Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be in what we say. It might be in mm-hmm. in a in a conversation you had with somebody before the message, or bef- maybe in worship, or different times. Uh, but just that posture itself mm-hmm. prepares you for that. Even when you open up His Word on a daily basis, even when you are, um, you know, uh, driving in the car and you say, "Lord, prepare me and and mm-hmm. and keep me there." It's that. It's that continual humility. You know, I, we've mentioned the idea of uh, Philippians chapter 2 before, having the oneness of mind of Christ uh, and that humility of Him. You know, we have to have that humility to say, Lord, I, I don't want my heart to be hard. I don't want the the thorns and the, the sun to, to take away what you're doing. Mm. Um, and then, as you said, I, I love the idea of, of just, you know, realizing the supernaturalness of it in other people's lives as well, too. You know, and we've all had the same experience before, where we thought we didn't have our A game, we thought we struck out, and someone comes up to you and says, "Man, that was the best sermon you ever gave," <laughs> and we're like, "What? Yeah. Huh?" Because <laughs> yeah. it's not about us, and it's not about what we do; it's about who God is, and so we want to be praying in others. Lord, you know, prepare their heart and keep their heart uh, there, and and you know, don't uh, don't let the weeds uh, choke it out. But also realize when it happens. Uh, it's not something we're going to come and crucify others yeah. or crucify yourself. It's just to say, okay, hey, uh, maybe, you, maybe you just weren't in a right spot for that this time. And so uh, I, I think those, those mindsets, and again, that process to be thinking that through over and over and over again uh, is, is very healthy.
1: And, you know, just, just as you're talking, um, a quote from E.M. Bounds came to mind, you know, and, he, and he said, a prepared heart is much better than a prepared sermon. Because a prepared heart will make or produce a prepared sermon. And it just goes, it's not even about preaching a sermon, but just your prepared heart daily will prepare you for the day, for what God has for you. And I think that's the big takeaway. Yeah.
0: Oh, there's been so many times I can count my life when I wake up and I I get myself prepared and ready and then it's like my whole day goes sideways but it doesn't even feel that way yeah. <laughs> and there's other days when I wake up and say I gotta get this done, I gotta get that done <laughs> I don't even consider my heart, I even consider what God might have for me and everything goes sideways and I'm miserable and I'm cranky mm-hmm. and I, I've made something a complete mess yeah. because uh, it's just not the right posture, the right way to start that's why, you know, again and, and you can hear some of the things we've talked about before we'll keep talking about but the, the pace you live at, the rhythm you live at uh, that's why slowing down, that's why by not just running or going 100 miles an hour is so important in this because we want to make sure that we have time to to prepare ourselves or or get our hearts in the right place uh, and to then pray for others as well too and so, um, you know, as, as you hear this and, and as we go through uh, you know, we obviously can't say everything we possibly can about this parable there's so much more that you can dive into there's so much more we can talk about uh, but again, uh, the parables of Jesus should help to Get our minds and our thoughts uh, focused in on who God is and what God's kingdom looks like and what uh, the joy of being with him is and, and the pressure of not us doing it, but what God has done and what God is doing. Uh, we hope that that helps in your journey. Uh, as you move more closer uh, to who He is, if we can help in that any in any way, we'd love to do that. You can email us at info@churchrefuge.com. At we have a website as well. Uh, anything possible. Uh, we hope that in some way, somehow, that this uh, time has been a, a a process to to prod you to stir you on to those things. We hope you have a great day.